the impudence, the audacity, the unmitigated gall of those knuckleheads of liberty podcasters daring to voice opinions outside the mainstream of accepted thought. Listen, if you dare, it's angry, it's funny, it's even sometimes sad, but it's always based on freedom and justice, as you will see. Here's our host, Jason McPhee. Welcome to the Knuckleheads of Liberty. We are coming at you on January 30th, 2023, and we have a special break today from our normal drudgery of politics to uh, to talk about libertarians in public office. And it's uh, so important, I guess, that to help get the message out and help inspire others to run. And so today we have uh, Joseph Samomo, and he is the uh, on the you know, recently elected to the City Council uh, of Covington. Uh, uh, city Washington. So in the state of Washington, uh, he's also the LP chair of uh, King Pierce and uh, uh, Samomish, I guess. Smohomish. Uh, oh, so, 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 Smohomish. Okay. Uh, uh, I guess uh, counties uh, there in Washington as well. So um, w- welcome, Joe, to the show. Uh, we definitely want to uh, hear a little bit more about your experience. And, and what, you know, one of the things we always like to ask to all of our guests, so I want to get that out of the way right away. How did you come to discover liberty? Because, you know, uh, almost all of us, we, you know, we go through the public education system. We don't really yeah. learn it there. That's for sure. <laughs> so well, how did you discover it? <laughs> so, I'm, I'm going to just go ahead and say this, that like politics wasn't a big thing in my house growing up. Yeah, we, I would talk to my parents about the elections. I remember the 92 election. I was going to be seven just after the election. I remember talking to my parents, who are you voting for? Uh, libertarianism wasn't a, a huge thing uh, in Washington in 1992. So we didn't we didn't talk about whoever the candidate was then. So don't, don't ask me. I, my, my libertarian history isn't as good as some people would like it to be. But... Uh, And then just growing, talking about that, and then seeing, reading basically history itself, because I I love history, I study history, I'm actually finishing up my degree in history right now, and it's just reading about it and understanding what truly the founders wanted versus what's actually happening has led me to, well, I'm going to take it a few steps further than what they wanted, because I want less of what they wanted i want it to be even more free than that and just bringing to that to that realm of i don't think the two the two parties are even doing it anymore and i left the the republican party in 2016 and went full bore libertarian just because of all the reading i had done all the following uh, just listening to people like justin amash Rand paul uh earlier uh earlier ron paul early 2000s ron paul stuff like that um just reading, reading and listening to all that stuff is what led me more towards the libertarian uh, spectrum of politics. Yeah, yeah, it's it's amazing how uh, much of a difference Ron Paul has made in connecting so many of us yeah. <laughs> with the with the uh, Libertarian Party. Uh, it, and James, our invisible hand, can you get uh, up the screen too? So this is uh this is the City Council page for Covington, and you can see uh, Joe over there. And uh, Joe also has a Facebook page too, in case you want to try and connect a little bit there with what he's doing as well. Um, and by the way, too, I, I, I forgot, you know, uh, because we had the special guest, I forgot to introduce the rest of our. Panel. 
panel. So let me do that right now. <laughs> At our top, we have Leon the Word Brathwaite, last word in Liberty. He is a retired engineer in the state of California. And in the bottom here, uh, we have our screaming eagle of freedom, Tim Everett. He is a pilot in the state of California. Um, so anyways, uh, yeah, I'll let you guys jump in. Did uh, any guys uh, want to jump in? at this point no I would, I would like to know how is no uh, are you presently on the um on the council on the city council of Covington? uh yes yeah i uh i am in year two of my third term on the city council i see so in terms in terms of uh libertarian philosophy in terms of um in terms of the principles that libertarians espouse or people let me let me change that to liberty-minded people espouse how do you see that in practice in your in your day-to-day life on the on the council so my my day-to-day life we our big thing in covington is we are we're a really working class town um we have in boeing engineers we have pilots for the airlines these are really close to SeaTac Airport, so a lot of pilots live out in this area. We have school teachers. We have stay-at-home moms. We have a mix of every aspect of life here. So we, my goal as a, liber, as a libertarian council member and, and espousing my views is making sure taxes don't get raised. I, have, I, I can honestly say in my three terms now in Covington, I voted for one tax increase. And it was because if we didn't vote for it, the county was going to vote for it. And the county was not going to be as nice to us as if we were the ones collecting it instead. So I, I said, I'm going to vote for this because I don't trust King County. And uh, King County is one of the most liberal counties in Washington. Uh, but everywhere in California makes King County look conservative. Uh, so I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, you don't. You well, don't need to apologize. We live that every day. <laughs> yeah. I'm from California originally, so I, I understand. Um, but we have. But I. I don't. I. I. I understand where we. What we need to do. Where we need to go. But my philosophy always is. Is I want. I want the people, if, of Covington to be able to speak for themselves and be able to do what they want to, and understanding that, they choose to live in Covington for reasons and those reasons are we have low taxes low crime and we are making the city better for them in all in all aspects but we're always being responsible for to the people and listening to them and hearing them out and that, that's what are, are you the are you the only libertarian on on the council yes i am Okay. Well, you know, you know that that's interesting in the fact that you brought up the comparison to California. So Cato has this really nice chart that compares the different states of how they're doing with uh, liberty. So just to give a sense of where people are getting elected to as libertarians, you know, it's kind of nice. And uh, Washington doesn't doesn't compare well, uh, you know, to the rest of them. It's 39 out of 50, according to Cato, but much better than California at 48 out of 50. <laughs> so you're, you're, you're looking great up there <laughs> by comparison and it, it's it's cool they they give these uh different metrics for comparing uh the the different uh, ways that you can dive in a little bit uh, disaggregate that and um uh, but anyways it, it, i thought it was kind of a, a nice thing to be able to show the audience uh you know kind of how things are going do you find that your job as a libertarian in 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 office is to sort of educate other uh politicians as well i mean do you find yourself doing that uh, a lot I find myself, we discuss a lot. So 
As much as people like to say that elected officials don't get along with each other, we, we're always at each other's throats. The nice thing about the city of Covington is that we're all very amicable. We're, we're all mostly friends. We all have a lot of us have kids in the school systems still. So we're always talking with each other about the schools, about their sports and, and all that stuff. So when it comes to educating about things, we have those those conversations that we want people to have when it comes to to politics of, well, this is why I don't want us to raise taxes. This is why I think we need to be doing this. And we give our reasons and we're, and I feel like it is an education process. And when I discuss why I, I feel this way, but it's also a, a way for us to understand where each other are coming from. Uh, I have, I can honestly say I have won over a couple people on a few votes we've done over the years, but it's still one of those that we all have, we all have, are where we're at and where we will be comfortable with and then what we we hope to achieve and my hope to achieve is to always get is to get the other six members to all come from wherever they are on the spectrum to the libertarian philosophy and uh if i can win them over on a on one vote i i consider it a success and i've gotten them i've gotten them a few times but uh, is, is 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 school choice an issue that you guys face in, in Covington or, or it, in, in, in King County in, in general? It's, it's, a, it's an issue in Washington State. Um, it's okay. bec- there's a lot, there's school choice uh, campaigns in King County that, because the King County is the most populated county in Washington. If only the citizens of Seattle voted, uh, it would equal out to roughly, it, it's, it's almost a million people in just Seattle. So, comparison to cities in California, not, it's not that big, but if only Seattle voted, we would never have school choice and we'd have taxes through the roof. But when the rest of the state votes and then King County votes, King County sways the rest of the state. So it is a, we, we do have a lot of advocacy for school choice in Washington, in, in Washington and King County in specifically, but it's one of those, it's, it's not gaining the momentum because in in Washington, the, one of the largest uh, donate donators to our state representatives is the Washington Education Association. So we always we, we always find them wherever we go. We always find them the teachers unions. You know. We always, <laughs> yeah. well, well, one of the big issues a few years back we had uh, we had a decision. There was a a lawsuit and. It was because saying that the the way school bonds were done was not working for the smaller school districts and it was more popular, better for the bigger school districts. And the state, the WEA, wound up giving donations to the uh, state Supreme Court who was deciding the cases too. And I was like, that, that's, that's not right in my opinion. So when it, com- when it comes to school choice we definitely need more school choice but along with that we need campaign finance reform in washington because i don't think the wea should have been giving to supreme court justices for their re-election campaign when they had a school choice thing basically before them so oh yes yeah a little conflict of interest oh yeah large conflict of interest in my opinion (laughs) To to say the least to say the least yes 
Well, James, maybe we could bring up the visual again. Um, yeah, one of the things I also uh, forgot to go over too is um, just sort of the political flavor of Washington as well. Aside from how it's standing with liberty, it's highly uh, Democrat. So it looks like almost all the state elected offices are either nonpartisan or Democrat. And um, certainly most of the uh, representatives too are Democrats and both senators are Democrats. So you're definitely in a in a blue state up there. <laughs> yeah, we're in a we're in a very blue state. I'm in a very blue county. Uh, I, I know we're libertarians and all, but uh, it's funny in King County. It used to be a pretty good mix of Democrat and Republicans elected to the state house. In King County now, there's only three uh, three seats in our state legislature that are not held by Democrats, and unfortunately, we have to. Sh uh, King County can't even claim them all because they their districts are part of Pierce County as well. So it's one of those ones that's there's basically no no one but Democrats elected in King County to the state legislature. What, what do you attribute that to? Because, of course, that's the California story. Um, yeah. and, and it's like, you know, what happened? Uh, did did just uh, conservative thinkers just suddenly stop thinking or, you know, what I mean, what so, happened? So a, a big thing, and in King County, a big thing is Donald Trump. And I, I, I don't like bringing that up because you know, we're, we're libertarians. We, we, we don't care about him at all to begin with. But the way a lot of the more independent voters in King County started to go was that we don't like Donald Trump. We like some of the conservative things. We like some of the liberal things. And those are the ones, when we talk libertarianism, those are the ones we as uh, the Libertarian Party of Washington tries to get to those independent voters first, but they just stopped supporting the conservative candidates because the conservatives went full bore Donald Trump mode and the independents were like, well, we don't like this. We don't want that. And it's not good for Washington. There's only one city in King County that Donald Trump won in 2016, and I think 2020, he might not have won that city at all. So it's one of those we well, it was it was it was a national politics played a lot into why that is. So did, okay. did people mainly just shift to Democrat and or did libertarians see any benefit from that there in, in Washington? So libertarians we've not traditionally done well on statewide ballot um races so we had a few years ago 2016 was it 20 one year we had for um for the attorney general we had a libertarian candidate run against the democrat and they did well but the the big issue is is that we we don't run a lot of candidates for the bigger positions. And when we, and we have a top two primary system in Washington, it's, it's a jungle primary, everyone can vote. And the duopoly throws money in there. Like there's no tomorrow to get their candidates in there. Uh, yeah. Sometimes. And then recently in my legislative district, we had two and one of the seats for the state house, we had two Democrats and three or four Republicans. And unfortunately, two of those Republicans have never have ran before and have never gotten past 42% in a general election. Uh, but they thought, well, this is our year. And in reality, they, uh, they really screwed the pooch for, for everything. And we were stuck with a, 
a Democrat and then a really bad Democrat. Uh, so, one of the things we've we've uh, discussed on this show before, and we've heard about, is uh, the idea that with this limiting of the top two vote getters, it winds up really hurting third parties because uh, sometimes what parties will do is they will run a second candidate just to eliminate the chance of any third party getting on the ballot. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, it can be very challenging. <laughs> it, it is, and and there's a big. Like I'm not the world's largest fan of ranked choice voting, but I've I've come to understand it to be better for for primaries to, at the at the least when it comes to stuff like this because we would have had we will get better candidates that way, and we had a an uh, unaffiliated, no party preference, completely independent candidate for Secretary of State in Washington who runs all of our elections, and she was a very big advocate for ranked choice voting. And a lot of Republicans who saw that, oh, well, Sarah Palin, our, our Trump-supporting friend in Alaska, is getting screwed over by ranked choice voting. So we can't support this because it's just screwing us over. It's like, no, that's the, their reasoning is stupid for not supporting it. But my reasoning is it's, it screws over my favorite college football team most of the time. When, <laughs> so. so why – so, I mean – I, I I understand why the, you need some sort of reform in terms of in terms of your your um, your, your primary your your primary elections and all that. But why not why not allow I mean why why not support the each each party producing their own their own candidate for the general elections? Um I think that's what we should do is each party should be able to support that and then the primary and then the primaries shouldn't I, I'm a firm believer in closed primaries also, so the Democrats aren't going to go and say, well, my candidate candidate A, who I support, is going to win it, so I'm going to go in there and I'm going to vote in the Republican one so it goes this way, or I'm going to vote in the Libertarian one so it goes this way. I think that's – we need to do closed prim- – reform the primaries to be closed primaries, and then you could do it that way so you're not having those issues. Um, but – that's just that's just my thought, uh, but no one at the state level has ever asked me my opinion on this. So, <laughs> I got a question for you. Was there a particular thing that that sort of a bee in your bonnet that got you to run for for your position? Because uh, I know you know some people they say, oh, well, there was something. Maybe maybe they you know raised your utility rates, or you saw something else in government that you didn't so, like, or something. Just curious. My reason was purely selfish, um, and. In 2013, I had it was just my wife, my oldest son, and I. Uh, we had a we had a dog at the time and two cats. And the cats are still around, um, and there was nowhere for us in the city to go and recreate. We had no great place. We have one park that you have to drive backwards through a neighborhood to get to, and inside that park, and the park was always overgrown. There was always needles everywhere. It, it was not well maintained because the city couldn't get into it. So, but there were, were we fixed that problem since then. But there was no place for us to recreate. There was no place for young families who were trying to make Covington their home to to recreate. And that was a big thing for me. Is we need places to recreate. If we want people to make Covington their home, we don't want them on the weekends going, you know, to Seattle to take their kids or to. Tacoma to take their kids. We want them to stay in the city, enjoy what we have here, and build up our city to make it better. 
And so mine was, I want my kids to be able to stay in the city and have fun on their weekends. And that was, that was what it was. And uh, we've done a good job at that. We've, we're working on that even more every, every year. So uh, I, I can say that my, my purely selfish reason has turned out to be very good for, for me and for the rest of the community. Just, just at a philosophical level, do you believe that, that um, the opening and maintenance, the development and maintenance of parks is a function of government? I, on a philosophical level, we have, so in my community, we've actually had a lot more volunteers to go in there and uh, maintain the parks and to, to do it on their own. They've, they've bought their own equipment to do it. They've rented equipment. They've done it. But I, I think it's, as a philosophy, it is uh, local government. We're going to talk local government. I think it is a responsibility of local government to ensure that the residents have a safe place to recreate. And if that means that they're, they're going in there making sure that there's no needles, they're making sure that there's no um, major issues, drainage issues, stuff like that, fields are flooded. I think that's a, a, a thing of local government because I, my big thing in libertarianism is keep it local. Everything, sh it should all be localized. Whereas the national stuff, that's, that's different. I think that a lot of that can be privatized. Um, but on the on the local issues, I, I think a local government has responsibility to their community to making sure open spaces are safe and maintained to a point. But the more people who want to volunteer to do that cleanup, the better. And I'm a firm believer that local uh, voluntary volunteerism in action is one of the best ways we can make local areas better. And the more people who want to help maintain those open spaces takes away means that we don't have to ha use as many resources in the city to do it yeah C certainly the more local the better in all government because yeah. it means you've got better access to those people who represent you and uh uh certainly it's it's more um i i guess you can hold them to account much better than you can at yeah. the federal level exactly, um, exactly. I had a question for you. What are some of the challenges you've faced since going into office, especially as a libertarian? Have you like, you know, seen certain things or just like the, I, I think, uh, the movable object? <laughs> I think I think the biggest issue here in Washington is not not people in general. It's the all of the mandates that are coming down from our state government. Uh, all of the mandates coming down from the county telling us how we have to do things. And they're always unfunded, of course. They're always like, well, you have to do this. It's going to cost you $10 million, and we're not giving you a dime to do it. So it's one of those, I, I'm a firm believer, it, I'm firmly against those mandates, and that's been the rock and the hard place for us is we have to do this in order to do exactly what we've been trying to do, but we're not getting any help to do it. Uh, one, you know, and I have a perfect example. We have been trying to fix a, a portion of road for over a decade, but because it goes over a stream that on, on rare, on occasions has salmon run through it, we had to get permit. We had to get permits and reporting from the state and permits and reporting from the army Corps of engineers. The army Corps of engineers took three years to look at our stuff so much so that we had to go back and get new permits from the state. And it's like, we, we've been trying to do this and we're finally at the place where we're able to fix 
uh, to fix it. And it's it's still, I'm sure the Army Corps of Engineers is going to come back and tell us we did it wrong. Well, you know what's funny about that story, too, is it's one level of government having trouble with another level of government. So it's like we always think of individuals having all these permits yeah. and everything else, but government having to get permits from government. <laughs> it is. I mean, and and that's and that's in, in reality, it's that's our tough spot is we all want to go out there and do certain things, but it's it, it's the, the mandates that are coming down th- from the state that are preventing us from doing it in, in a way to help our residents. But my biggest one of my other issues is we've had we've had issues where we want to like I don't know you guys are so honest, but we we used to have it where trash was optional. You didn't have to go into a contract with the with the local trash hauler. And it was it was your option. You could do it. We didn't force it. You could self-haul to the local uh, local site and then they would take care of it there and take it to the dock. Well, few years back we mandated trash and i was the most ardent person against mandating trash it was like i took a stand against trash it was and i think it was a it was a month or two month long process for me to to be arguing against trash where i'm like i want my trash hauled away don't get me wrong i'm, I'm not hauling my trash uh but i don't think it should be required that the city is requiring our residents to enter this contract and that was i was the only one who felt that way but i was also I also read the tea leaves and was like, I can block another way if I vote this way and it's going to be a deadlock and it's going to stop everything. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to vote against my conscience, but I'm going to deadlock everything if I do it this way. And so, you know, I became the hard place at one point. So, <laughs> so, so which, which raises, which raises a, a very interesting, a very interesting point. I mean, I think politics is the art of compromise. So how much of your principles do you have to compromise to get things done as a member of the city council? Uh, in all honesty, when it comes to compromise, it's I. So we have a there's a council member in a city about 45 minutes away from me. And he has said it this way. It's the compromise I make is not to pass bad bills or pass bad legislation. It's to pass legislation that's less bad. So my compromise is trying to make it if it's a bad piece of legislation, in my opinion, to make it less bad and more good for the people that it's going to affect. So I don't, I don't see it more as a compromise. I see it more as a negotiation to make things better off of the bad. So if I, and I say that, and I maybe have to do that 10 to 15% of the time. Joe, Joe, we're starting to get close to the end of the show. And um, and there was a couple questions I wanted to ask you, and I'll just throw them both out there and you answer whichever one you would prefer. But uh, one is, uh, you know, for anybody who's watching and they want to get involved, uh, I guess, what was the electoral process like for you? Was it very challenging? And did you get help from the Libertarian Party? The other thought is, do you have any final thoughts as well that you'd like to share? So I'll, I'll let you take that however you want to handle it. So to answer the first one, if you want to run, research what you want to run. If you want to run for the city council and the election is not until 2024, go to every meeting in 2023 and figure out if that's what you want to do. Read everything that comes through and figure it out. Go to your county elections page, find out what you need to do, find out how much money you may need to raise. When I ran, I got help from the Libertarians. Uh, I got walking lists. They helped me raise some money. Uh, None of them came out to pound signs for me, so I'm still still angry at that one. But there's that. And then uh, 
what was the other question? <laughs> Sorry. Well, are there any last thoughts you'd, you'd like to share with the audience too, as far as just, you know, uh, you know, anybody who's listening to you that you'd want to leave something with them. Remember Liberty dies at the sound of applause. Pretty much that, that line from star Wars, <laughs> be active, be as active as you can be. Even if you're not running for something, be a voice for change. Every city council in Washington, at least, I don't know what California's rules are. You have time for public comment. Give your comment. Give what you're thinking, but be polite about it. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Joe. And, uh, James, maybe as we go out, you could share his page again just so people can see it. Uh, you can uh, find him on his uh, Facebook page at Councilmember Joseph uh, Simomo Jr. And uh, you can check him out. And uh, thanks so much for joining us today, Joe. And thank you to our audience for joining us. And uh, until the next one, stay free. Yes, indeed. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness always and forever.